The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with best-selling author, speaker, and motivational coach, April Joy Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and a single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she's gone from tragedy to triumph. She'll help you to do the same. Get empowered by taking a holistic approach. Now, here is your host, April Joy Ford. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. I'm April Joy Ford, the voice of You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. You guys know I like to start each and every episode of the week saying hello to all of our fans and listeners globally. I always like to see who's on the listening board, so I'll just name a few um, regions. we got Macau, Korea, Czech Republic, Spain, we've got Iran, Denmark, Turkey, Jordan, South Africa, Mongolia, Finland, Canada, Germany, Australia, China, Russia, and of course, a few states here in the United States. I always want to give you guys recognition because each listener is a life and each life really does matter. I know you guys are seeking answers and solutions to your situations and setbacks. And I'm always glad that you've tuned in to get some insight on tools and truth to get empowered each and every week. Know that you are not alone and that there is hope. And I'm here to say that there's golden blessings to be discovered even when life throws you that curveball or that big boulder of adversity and you can still experience joy. So our episode today is what really matters, how to love and be loved. Before I bring on my guest, Billy Ward, let's quickly go over the four steps so we can discuss them in today's episode. And that's recognize, respond, the second one, third, reevaluate, and fourth, rebalance your relationships. I believe on taking a holistic approach when implementing these four steps. So when you're ready to create your blueprint and roadmap, make sure you go to myjoyagain.com or text the keyword joy to 38470. So what really matters in life? Is it about your career, your wealth, maybe your family, your kids, community, power, positions, or possessions. My guest today, Billy Ward's philosophy is love and be love. When we choose love, we choose right. He'll share his story on the incredible experience of being the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. And can you imagine living your American dream and, you know, being with the NFL and to find out your career is over? And for those of you guys listening, your your dim of light would probably um, diminish after hearing those news, but we'll cover that today. So maybe for you, you've lived or are living your dream and only to find out it costs you more than just money. It costs you stress, maybe anxiety, depression, strain in your relationships or time away from your kids. So what does matter with life? 
what what's really important we're going to talk about today so when you shift your priority to love it brings light to the meaning of your experiences and everything in life Billy Ward is a licensed professional counselor, and he's been practicing for 15 years in New York and in New Jersey. In addition to his private practice, he also counsels students at Seton Hall Prep School since I believe it was 1998. So let's welcome Billy to You Are Not Alone. Thanks, April. It's uh, hello, everyone, and uh, how amazing it is to hear uh, about what a diverse audience you have from from all over the world. Uh, I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to share a few thoughts with you tonight and uh, look forward to connecting. Right on. Would you like to say hello to anybody out there globally in the few regions that I mentioned? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, All of Europe, I'm a big fan uh, of traveling uh, through the countryside and and getting over there as much as I can with uh, my wife and my family as well as uh, I know a few people from the States, uh, from, from New Jersey, from a couple of communities that I'm a part of, uh, especially Seton Hall Prep, um, are also listening in. So certainly a warm uh, welcome to those folks. I appreciate it. Right on. Hello. Welcome to our listeners. So tell us, Billy, I mean, for you to be on Cloud9, living your, your dream on being a professional quarterback in the NFL, tell us about that experience. I mean, did you ever think that you would be in the NFL? Well, it's, uh, you know, April, it's an interesting question. Uh, growing up, uh, you know, like many boys and athletes, I had always dreamed of uh, being in the NFL. And I think I had two goals growing up. Uh, one, I, I wanted to make it to the NFL. And two, um, I wanted to be a nice guy. I wanted to be viewed as a nice guy. And I think, uh, you know, I wasn't quite ready as an adolescent to say I wanted to be a loving guy. But looking back on it, uh, being nice to me was, was being loving. And as I got older and older and competed um, more and more, uh, the likelihood or the prospects of potentially playing at a higher level um, always seemed possible. And uh, at one point in college, uh, I decided uh, internally that I wasn't just going to compete against my team or against uh, the league that I was in. I was going to compete against the, the whole country. And ultimately, I was really competing against myself and really trying to bring out the best version of myself, regardless uh, of the competition around me. And so um, internally, I always had a, a drive to, to make it to the NFL. I didn't go around saying, hey, this is, this is all I want. Uh, but it certainly was uh, a goal of mine uh, later on in high school and early on in my college career. So when it, when it happened, it was, uh, it was like a kid being at Disneyland every day. Uh, I was playing and... Uh, with athletes that I've watched on TV, people that I grew up watching, and I was visiting stadiums uh, that I really only visited as a fan. So I felt like um, I felt like a kid in Disney every day that um, I had the opportunity to participate at that level. It was just a, an incredible experience. Right. I mean, you were actually living out your dream and not just, you know, thinking about it or fantasizing, but you were actually living your dream. Now with, with having that, like I said, living on your cloud nine and really having that reality for you. I mean, what did you feel when you got cut from the Ravens? Because I think a lot of people, when they have that type of adversity, it's almost they've tied their identity to their role or their dream. And then once that gets taken away or something changes in their life, they could go through, you know, depression or anxiety. I mean, what were you going through? Sure. I, um, in all honesty, it was, it was very difficult. Uh, I got the news and I remember spending the whole day crying, driving up the, uh, the throughway from Baltimore uh, to the Garden State Parkway up until North Jersey where I had lived at the time. And I felt like, uh, 
you know, the ground was pulled out from underneath me. Uh, for so long, um, you know, I, I had wanted to achieve this dream and was living on cloud nine. It kind of came uh, unexpected, uh, the cut. And um, it was very difficult at first. Uh, I had to really uh, look myself in the mirror and really consider, April, that, that role that I had identified with for so long. Um, but as I said earlier, thank God, um, I had discovered already that I was more than just a football player. That was just something that I did. Um, that second goal of mine, being nice growing up and, and wanting to be thought of as being the nice guy, um, really set the stage for uh, what I kind of stepped into after that, um, which was, you know, focusing on relationships. It didn't happen overnight, though. Um, it definitely took a little while, uh, but I certainly made a shift from identifying myself as a quarterback and a football player to um, being loving and focusing on um, relationships, uh, relationship I have with myself, with others, and with also God, my higher power. Right on. Absolutely agree with that. Well, tell us a little bit about the transition. Like you said, you already knew within you, you've discovered, you know, you were more than just what you were doing. And that was your role in being a football player. But help some of those for those listeners who maybe haven't gone through the process of self-discovery when they are faced with a challenge or a curveball of, you know, their identity being stripped away from them because they've tied it to a role, a career, a responsibility. What was that process like for you in discovering? Well, it was, uh, you know, as I said, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy one and it didn't happen overnight. And uh, in all honesty, it probably took a couple of months. Uh, you know, there was definitely some ups and downs. It was a roller coaster of emotions. Um, I think one was being vulnerable with others and really leaning on some mentors, some people that um, all my life I've sought this, this peace within. And I really had to, to lean on my family, my friends, and a couple mentors that I really just like being in their presence because of the peace that I felt. And I was able to be vulnerable with them about what I was feeling certainly experiencing uh, some depression, some sadness. And I think ultimately growing up, I thought that I was supposed to be happy um, all the time. And playing in the NFL, I was. I was on a cloud nine, even going through double sessions, and triple sessions in the NFL. And then, you know, when I was cut, I think I was more open to, after working with some mentors, going through some therapy, really taking some time to reflect on what what is this life all about? And I came to the acceptance that, you know, I don't want to just be happy all the time. I, I want to be happy a lot of the time, but I also want to experience the, the whole spectrum of, of human emotion. And there are times when it's appropriate for me to feel sad or feel excited or feel anxious. And there were definitely moments after football ended where I was dealing with some anxiety about my future and also some sadness about you know, there was a grieving period over, you know, what I had thought I, I had lost. Um, and so that was a really difficult time. And I, and I would encourage people when they're, when they're dealing with adversity or they're dealing with a challenge, um, that really it's an opportunity for growth. Um, you know, I've heard many other speakers and writers talk about, um, you know, turning walls into doors, um, taking challenges and, mm-hmm. and looking at them as opportunities for growth. And you never really know... Um, what this space is, is being created for. You know, football was taken away from me, but then it created some space for some from other stuff to evolve and, and happen. I kind of think about, if you, if you look at the forest and the trees, and, you know, 
you know, once in a while the trees fall down, and, and that's a difficult thing to, to witness, but it also creates some space for other things to grow. And, uh, you know, the same evolution that exists in nature also exists in us, and it's tough to see that sometimes at the moment. Uh, but if you can think about the big picture and trust uh, that within that space, uh, within that challenge or that wall, uh, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity for growth. And um, you really have to trust that and uh, work at it and lean on others um, and really turn, turn inward um, to, to meditation, to prayer, to really discover um, the truth in you that is trying to um, blossom. Mm-hmm. And so that's what that period was like for me. Uh, some ups and downs, um, a lot of leaning on other people, talking to other people, a lot of walks in the woods, um, you know, just reflecting uh, on the big picture. And uh, the more and more that I did that, the more and more I was able to discover and get back to the truth of who I was, um, as well as create some opportunities uh, for my future. Right. And I like how you mentioned that you went through the process of actually embracing all of your emotions because we just want to maybe focus on just the positive thoughts and positive experiences of happiness and joy in life. But in reality, there's other emotions. Like you said, there, there was sadness and grief and depression, um, you know, having all of those and you were at a place where you were accepting and embracing that because it was part of the process of true self-transformation. I'm a firm believer that there is beauty in the boulders of our adversity and there's really blessings in there. Mm-hmm. You know, you, April, you think about watching a good movie and, uh, you know, a good movie to me is one where, you know, I laugh, I cry, and I feel exhilarated. Uh, mm-hmm. And if that's not symbolic, uh, you know, for life, um, you know, I, I don't know what is. And I, I do. I was moving forward in my own life. I do. I want to cry. Um, I want to laugh, and, and I want to be exhilarated, inspired, um, and, and I want to experience all of those things. Right. And it's about, like you said, experiencing the full spectrum of life. So let's go ahead and take our break and more with Billy Ward when we come back after these messages. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you have adversity or challenges in your life weighing you down? Are you sick and tired of feeling depressed, down, and just plain unhappy? Get yourself out of this rut. Take action. Break through the barriers in your life and gain the confidence that you deserve by downloading the free ebook You Are Not Alone at MyJoyAgain.com. This book will help you to create your own blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoy life, and feel empowered that you can face anything that is in front of you. Visit MyJoyAgain.com for the free ebook or text to 38470. The keyword, joy. On It's Absolutely All About You, host Eileen Nunez bases her show on the forthcoming book of the same name. If you've been taught to hold your head high and keep your self-esteem in check, where do you go if you aren't yet achieving that goal? 
Each program is based on a chapter of the book and comes from Eileen's many years of experience in order to help you find your inner peace. Listen for It's Absolutely All About You, live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. Our episode today is What Really Matters, How to Love and Be Loved with my guest, Billy Ward, the former quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, and he is now a licensed professional counselor teaching in his private practice, as well as students at Seton Hall in, um, I believe it's in New York or New Jersey. So, Billy, before the break, you were talking about the process of self-discovery when you're going through your transition of, you know, living out your dream, you know, being the great football player that you were, then all of a sudden that was basically taken away from you and going through that transition of depression and sadness and grief, um, but really discovering who you were truly meant to be. And you had to be vulnerable in your relationships and really focus on the loving part of yourself. And I like the way you explain that relationships, not only with others, but it starts with you. So I go through um, with my listeners and people that I also coach on the four steps. And the fourth step is to rebalance the relationships that bring meaning and value to you and it really does start with you first do you have a mindset and thought process that is positive and progressive about yourself so can you expand a little bit on how you were able to reach that point in in your self-discovery on what did it mean to have a healthy relationship with yourself first Absolutely, April, and uh, I couldn't uh, agree with you more. I think that the relationship that you have with yourself is really um, indicative of uh, every other relationship uh, that that you have with everyone else. And, uh, you know, some of what I did uh, to process, um, you know, the this, this self-discovery was uh, really to slow down um, and to really create some silence and uh, a space for reflection and uh, quiet in my own life. And sometimes you think in this, you know, I live on the East Coast and everyone's moving at a thousand miles per hour. And, you know, when I talk to, you know, my clients or even reflect myself, um, we really need to create opportunities for us to slow down and be with ourselves. And mm-hmm. so what I, I, what I personally do a lot, and I think you kind of have to figure out what works for you, um, you know, I create about an hour a day, still to this day, um, for myself. Um, Whether it's a walk in the woods uh, with my dog, um, if it's uh, a meditation, if it's in prayer, um, so that I can really um, just listen to my intuition. 
and really give my day and my life a sense of direction. So during that period where um, I was going through some ups and downs and really reflecting on, hey, what am I going to do next? My dream that I've been working towards has just been taken away. I spent a lot of time in quiet and reflection in addition to um, connecting and being vulnerable with others. But it was that time that I spent alone that really allowed me to tap into my intuition to really slow things down. Um, my kids are uh, they are young. They're two, and, and one just turned five. And they're, they're really uh, into Lightning McQueen, this, uh, this car movie that you know, I might be a little <laughs> bit behind, uh, but it came out a long time ago. And I'm not really that into car racing, but sometimes with car racing, you kind of have to slow down to, to speed up or to, to catch up. And right. um, you know, I find in my own life, the more that I slow down, um, it's almost the opposite of what you would think, uh, the more I'm able to move forward. Um, so during that time, in terms of the relationship that I have with myself, I spent a lot of time in the woods. I spent a lot of time in meditation. I spent a lot of time in prayer. And still to this day, um, in addition to that, I'm still journaling, uh, I'm reading, and I'm paying attention to the voice that I hear from within. And um, I think it's, it's important for everyone to discover what works for them. Is it a walk on the beach? Is it a walk in the woods? Is it painting? Is it listening to music? Is it laying in the hammock outside? Is it petting your dog? Is it going for a horseback ride? Whatever that might be, playing an instrument, but creating some space in your life where there's some silence and there's some quiet so that you can reflect and really pay attention to that intuition. Um, the more and more I did that, the more I started to create a philosophy for myself, all the reading I was doing, the retreats. Um, and I made a decision one day that ultimately I felt relationships were about love. And if I wanted to be a loving guy, I knew I had to make a commitment to unconditionally loving myself. Mm-hmm. And if you I was going to make that condition uh, with myself, I knew I wanted to extend that same idea to the people around me. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm perfectly loving all the time, but I, I am ultimately making an effort to not only unconditionally love myself, um, but also unconditionally love, love others. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes failing miserably and, uh, you know, sometimes having uh, great success. But that is really, that, that simple idea is really at the framework um, of what I've done to help rebalance. And it's something that I... Ultimately, April, I pretty much return to that every day, um, that idea. Uh, when I wake up, when I go to bed, and even throughout the day, even before this phone call, you know, um, you know, I said, hey, what, what do I want to put out there? Well, this is what I really want to put out there. This idea, um, as simple as it, as it may sound, can be so powerful of a shift in your life um, that you will begin to create uh, a, such a balance and harmony uh, between not only you and yourself, but the people in your network that you're going to connect. And, and for my equation is, when you love yourself and, and you're open and you share your story, you're going to connect with the people around you. And when you connect, you're going to feel more fully alive. And um, if that's not what life is is all about, making those connections and feeling more fully alive, uh, I, I don't know what, what is. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. that's one way in which that I, I've learned to really rebalance uh, the relationship I have with myself. Yeah. And before we get into your philosophy on love, I mean, it sounds like you are um, a big proponent, which I am, is practicing a lifestyle of 
living a holistic lifestyle that includes, like you said, balancing or realigning harmony into your whole mind, body, and soul. And how did you get into that space? You know, I you know I grew up uh, with my uh, my father was a psychologist, uh, and he had a private practice. And um, you know, I was always really interested in the, in the other dimension of life. Uh, you know, and I always sought out uh, people that had this piece about them, and I was always curious uh, and interested. And uh, you know, going through college and um, even after college, um, you know, I was always just exploring. I always considered myself, you know, a nature lover and exploring in nature, but also exploring spiritually, like what works for me, what doesn't work for me. You know, right now, April, you know, um, my, my yoga practice has become so important to me and so important to the peace that I, that I experience. Um, I'm sitting here in a parking lot talking to you because, I'm going to be going to a yoga class immediately after this interview mm-hmm. because that's how important it is to me and how I want to feel tomorrow when I wake up. Um, and, you know, like it doesn't have to be yoga for everybody, but I think everybody's got to find something that helps them to balance that, that mind, that body, uh, and that spirit. I'm really conscious of my nutrition, and, uh, you know, I'm always trying to read something, uh, not only inspirational, but something that's reflective, on, on some of the ideas that, that we've talked about. And I find, personally, the more that I'm in tune um, with these holistic ideas and approaches, the more peace, freedom, and love that I, that I get to experience. And right. uh, that's certainly something that I'm seeking on a daily basis, as well as, you know, yeah. having the opportunity to, to share it with the people that I love and the people that I'm, I'm lucky enough to, to cross paths with. Yeah, and I'll just share a little bit of backdrop for audience listening. Um, when you mentioned that, you know, you obviously you're present here doing this interview with our audience, and yet yoga is still an important part of your practice or your daily life or your lifestyle. And it comes to prior, you know, setting priorities and discipline and parameters. I mean, just to share before we got on the show, um, me and you were going back and forth on email and finding the right date for you to be, you know, on the show to do your episode. And I remember you're like, oh, my gosh, I really want to be on the show, but I really can't do it this weekend or that particular date because it was, I believe it was your son's birthday or upcoming birthday or something. Yeah, no, it's my my oldest son, uh, John Daniel. We call him J.D. It was his fifth birthday last Tuesday. And, uh, you know, I felt really bad saying no, but uh, I think that's really an important concept uh, mm-hmm. for, for people to hear and and to follow through with, it's important to be able to say no. And uh, although I didn't like saying no to you, you know, my family's at a priority. And, uh, you know, the older I get, the more I realize how important it is to set boundaries. And, right. uh, you know, when right. you say no, you create space for something else. And, you know, that evening, that was a family night for us um, right. to celebrate my son's fifth. And uh, we had a wonderful time. And, and look what happened. Uh, you were still, uh, you know, open and receptive to doing it at a, at a later date, which I'm, which I'm grateful for. Yeah, and I respect that, respect that, and that's why I share it with the audience and a little bit of the backdrop on what we um, were going through to set up for this show. It's really emphasizing, you know, ask yourself what really matters. Of course, your family is important. Your business is important. Your health is important be- because, you know, we can only, you know, exert so much energy, energy throughout the day at any particular moment. So ask yourself what really does matter and... Uh, how you dedicate your time basically shows where your devotion is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So let's get into the topic of love, because I know your philosophy is love and be loved. So for our audience that haven't seen your TED Talk, explain to them about the, I believe it was a wrestler named Dan. Was it Danny that really inspired yeah. you? Okay, tell us, tell us about Danny. Um, well, Daniel, uh, you know, my first year of teaching, you know, after I got cut from football and was spending kind of the year trying to figure some stuff out, somebody said, hey, why don't, why don't you try teaching? And, uh, you know, I never thought about teaching, uh, but I had always been surrounded by such great teachers and coaches, and uh, so I gave it a shot. And on my first day of uh, teaching, this young man showed up at my door. Um, he was a freshman, and uh, he was a little wrestler, probably uh, he was a 103-pound wrestler, probably soaking wet at the time. And um, he just had this, this ray of light about him. Um, you could tell he just had this energy about him that uh, everybody wanted to be around. Uh, he had this unbelievable presence. He was funny. He was loving. He was kind. Um, he was redefining cool. And uh, most of all, what, what I loved most about him was uh, he was super authentic, uh, more so than most of the adults I had met up until that point in my life. Uh, he was so comfortable being in his own shoes and, um, that that quality in him really um, began to forge, uh, you know, a for me a life changing relationship. Um, he started to uh, campaign for me to date his cousin uh, because we were spending a lot of time. <laughs> campaign, together. I like that word, campaign. <laughs> yeah, no, we were kind of becoming like brothers, and uh, we'd go out for ice cream. I'd take him out to dinner. I was getting to know his family really well. I'd go to his wrestling matches, and. Um, he wanted us to be official, uh, officially family. And, uh, you know, at the time, um, he and his, uh, his cousin and I, we had never met or crossed paths, but, um, it was his junior year. And, um, after a wrestling match, he had, uh, an aortic aneurysm and, uh, tragically he passed away. And, mm-hmm. uh, I found myself at his family's home, um, the following day and uh, was meeting extended family and sharing the moment with his mom and dad, which was uh, just incredibly, uh, just an incredibly difficult time for for everyone. And um, it was at that that house that night at Daniel's house where where I got to meet his cousin that he wanted me to connect with. And, um, you know, about a month or so later in his honor, we went out for dinner and uh, although both of us were still grieving um, his loss, it was hard for me not to notice that, uh, you know, my little guy, Daniel, um, he really kind of knew what he was talking about in, in terms of uh, choosing, uh, you know, a partner for me. And, um, you know, Daniel, uh, you know, being our little angel in heaven was really... Uh, being a matchmaker from above. And uh, five years later, um, I had the courage to, to get on a knee and propose to, to Leah, his cousin. And, uh, you know, we're happily married uh, 10 years this summer. Um, and as I said earlier, my oldest child, uh, his middle name is uh, is named after uh, Daniel, um, our angel, and he's very aware of his presence. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, um, you know, you get me talking about Daniel, I could probably spend the whole hour talking about him. But uh, a year ago, my little guy had a fever, pretty high fever, and pretty we were pretty close to bringing him to the hospital. It was 103, and the doctor said if he gets 104, um, you know, bring him down. And uh, I was sleeping yeah. with J.D., mm-hmm. and I said a prayer. And I don't normally pray like this, but I was talking to Daniel, and I said, Daniel, take care of my little guy tonight. 
And uh, the next morning we woke up and JD no longer had a fever. And my wife and I were taking him to the diner and he was in the back seat and he looked up at, at me and my wife and he said, mom and dad, guess what? Um, Daniel came to visit me last night in my dreams. And uh, we kind of shook our heads. We said, wait, what'd you say, buddy? And he <laughs> said, Daniel, my angel came to visit me in my dreams last night. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, because of our faith, we, we believe that, that we will meet again. And uh, Daniel is very much a, a presence in our lives. Uh, although there are definitely times when, um, you know, I wish he was uh, more physically present with us and got to mm-hmm. enjoy, uh, you know, what he introduced us to. Uh, but uh, his light and love continues to have a major impact on me and, uh, you know, the entire um, Seton Hall Prep community where he uh, attended high school and where, where I teach. Wow. Wow. Very heart heartwarming story. With that, let's hold that thought and talk more about love when we come back after this break. starts here voiceamericaempowerment.com it's your world joy's gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph from loss or sexual abuse our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. It's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life. What's stopping you? Is it other people, your environment, fear? What could give you a push? Tune in to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. Our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain. We'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone. Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned into you are not alone to reach april joy ford or her guest on today's program you may call into 1-888-346-9141 again that's 1-888-346-9141 if you'd rather send april an email her email address is april j ford at joys now back to you are not alone how to rise above life's challenges 
Welcome back. We've been speaking with Billy Ward on what really matters. So just before the break, he shared his story on the wrestler that really had an impact on him. If you want to see his full talk, make sure you check out the TED Talk that he did. But Billy, tell us uh, before we get back with uh, Danny's story and how much of an impact he had with his love and light and influence in your light. When we talk about your philosophy of when we choose love, we're basically choosing right. But don't you think that all of us have a different gauge as to what love is or maybe have a different love language or a reference point because maybe some of us don't have a healthy reference growing up but as far as what love really is yeah no 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 absolutely uh i'm april but uh also you know i believe uh at the core um we kind of all all have an intuition uh, when we tap into it, and uh, you know we know what the right thing to do is. Um, and although there are different levels and different experiences of, of love, um, I think if we're we're headed in that direction, um, ultimately we're going to be going in, in the right direction. Um, and I do believe that uh, you know it's it's a common thread uh, of what people are seeking, and ultimately I think. Um, it's what makes people feel good. Uh, you know, people, you know, talk about during the holidays, um, you know, how they enjoy, um, giving gifts, um, even more so than, than receiving gifts. And I think that really Mm -hmm. speaks to that idea that, uh, people also love to love. Um, and it creates, uh, this buzz and this energy that recognizes, Hey, I'm human and so are you. And, and that's a beautiful thing, and we can connect on, on that. And uh, so although we might have different ideas of, of what love is, um, you know, I think there's a real common thread to intuitively to know what is right and being kind and, and being nice. And uh, I also, um, you know, when I was traveling through um, Europe uh, early in my 20s, um, and not knowing the, the language in a lot of places that I had visited, I was uh, amazed that, um, you know, a smile was universal. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't have to know the language, but if, if I smiled, uh, that was always pretty much received with, with a smile and, and sometimes a handshake or a warm embrace. And, um, I think that speaks to the, the core of us really knowing what, what it means to, to love um, at different levels and, and different experiences. So based on your experience and also um, counseling um, adults as well as um, the youth, why do you think um, you spoke on, you know, choosing when you choose love, you choose right. But why do you think it's such a difficult choice sometimes when we have to face um, our career versus love, or if it's something else, you know, whatever the case may be, why do you think people have that conflict in, if you know it's right, you still have difficulties choosing, right? Yeah, you know, I, I think sometimes, because uh, I think sometimes we get caught up, uh, you know, in, um, you know, in our anger, um, in our lack of a willingness to, to be forgiving, or um, in our drive to want to be on top, and, uh, you know, the older I get, the more comfortable I get with, uh, you know, coming in on the bottom or being more of service than, than of power. And, 
I think sometimes, uh, a lot of times that power is misguided or, or misunderstood. And, uh, I find to me the most powerful people that, I, that I've been around, um, in my life, uh, the men and women that I've been lucky enough to talk with and speak with and, and cross paths with, the people that I really respect, um, are those people that, that are really, um, comfortable being loving, comfortable being themselves and, uh, comfortable giving up that power and also coming to a place of forgiveness and really being willing to um, look look at themselves um, before um, you know looking looking at others and, and doing the fault finding or the arguing that that we can um, that's a difficult place to, to get to uh, but I thir- certainly think it's a it's a place that that's worthwhile getting to or at least pursuing mm-hmm all right, absolutely agree. Now, I think you, you brought on a good point. I just wanted to echo that when you said that some people may not be comfortable as far as where they're at because they're always, like you said, driven to climb further, you know, to accomplish something. But I think maybe that's um, where the pain point is for people that who have difficulty in choosing love first is basically enduring or embracing where they currently are. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said earlier, sometimes, you know, it's a lot easier to look back and say, oh, okay. Um, I can see what, what's, what that created space for. But sometimes in the moment, like when I got cut from Baltimore, I wasn't like, oh, fantastic. I wonder what <laughs> this is creating space for. You know, it right. took a little time to, to come to that realization. Wow. wow. Now, but I certainly, back- as I get older, April, I think I recognize the pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm hitting uh, a challenge or uh, a speed bump, I do start to wonder um, now at this point in my life, hmm, I wonder what this is creating space for. Oh, and that's, I've that's seen actually a good in my question clients and, and the people that I work with that more often than not, it's, it's an opportunity. Yeah, I'm going to write that, that on my notes is what is this creating space for is a good um, truth check, kind of like a reality check or self check. For yourself. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. One of the questions I asked, I think I spoke about this in last week's segment. We also talked about what really uh, matters. And with that guest, she was specifically using examples of um, life lessons for the living based on those who were dying. Like, what would they do um, differently knowing that they were basically now under deathbed? And one of the questions that I pose to my listener and my audience is that. Um, kind of, I don't know if you've heard that Nickelback song, you know, if today was your last day. So if today was your last day, ask yourself the question, what would I be doing and how would I be spending my time or who would I be spending my time with? And that kind of gives you a reference point or a gauge to determine, like you said, you know, what really matters in life at that particular moment. Mm. I love that question. Um, I really do. Um, I think it's such an important question to, to ask ourselves. And, uh, you know, I, I'd probably be doing what I'm doing. Um, I would be, uh, you know, going to a yoga class, uh, spending some time reflecting and, and meditating and praying. I would absolutely spend some, some quality time with my family, with my wife, uh, with my two sons or dog. Um, I would also spend some time with my friends and extended family uh, but then I'd probably also leave a little time for some teaching and, and sharing some of the message uh, that I've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in a way, I'm I'm kind of I'm 
I've done all that today, or uh, you know, after this phone call, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, complete the the circuit with the the yoga. But uh, you know, I've spent some quality time with my boys and my wife today. Um, I spent some time at the school. I saw a few clients. Um, I'm having the opportunity to to speak and connect with you and your audience. Um, you know, it's funny. I've read a lot of interviews of people at the end of their lives, and. Uh, you know, they, they ask people at the end of the realize what really matters, and it's never mm-hmm. never the house, it's never the vacation they took, right. it's never the car they drove, but it's always it always comes down to the relationships that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, Love and relationships. And I think right. that's a great reminder for our audience um, to really um, focus on not only the relationship you have with yourself, but the people that show up in your life. Uh, the people that uh, journey with you, um, sometimes for a moment, sometimes for a chapter, a couple of pages, and some, as we know, are there for the the entire thing, the entire book. And uh, it's important that uh, we share our gratitude with them. And I think also, too, April, that we have the courage to tell them how we feel um, in the moment. Um, I love witnessing, you know, um, men and women um, at any age, uh, you know, with the school that I teach at or the families that I work with, telling their, the, the people in their lives how they feel and saying in the moment, like, hey, I, I love you. Um, you know, it used to be that the thing that was hard to say maybe the generations ago was, I am sorry, but I think this generation and the shifting consciousness that, that is currently happening is people are finding the courage to say, hey, I love you and you are important to me. Um, and I think that's such an important gift that, that we can share with others um, right. when we're with them. Right. Okay, let's go ahead and take our last break. And I promise when we come back, we'll talk more about Danny and how he um, impacted you. Be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you have adversity or challenges in your life weighing you down? Are you sick and tired of feeling depressed, down, and just plain unhappy? Get yourself out of this rut. Take action. Break through the barriers in your life and gain the confidence that you deserve by downloading the free ebook You Are Not Alone at MyJoyAgain.com This book will help you to create your own blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoy life, and feel empowered that you can face anything that is in front of you. Visit MyJoyAgain.com for the free ebook or text to 38470. The keyword, joy. Most of us have experienced the loss of a loved one, be it a friend or family member. There are all kinds of questions and emotional pain that we go through, but you can move on. Listen for From Morning to Morning with Rabbi Mel Glazer. It doesn't matter what faith you are, or if you even have no faith, you are sure to find meaning in Rabbi Mel's words and personal experience, as well as that of his guests. From Morning to Morning airs live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. All right, Billy, so in our last closing um, segment today and our topic on what really matters, I just wanted to go back to um, the wrestler, Danny, that you shared on your TED Talk. So how, explain to our audience, you know, how was he really pivotal um, and impacted in your life? I mean, what did he really model in your life that you really speak about his light and love? You know, I I think Daniel, for me... um April, he just really modeled for me, uh, you know, how to live. And uh, it's funny, um, you know, sometimes as a teacher, you, you more often feel feel like a student. And Daniel certainly um, made me feel like a student. Um, as I said earlier, he just has this, this energy about him, this glow. Um, I used to love watching him walk the hallways. It's something I mentioned in the TED Talk. Uh, you know, in every corner of the school, um, his smile was reflected back to him. Uh, athletes, bang guys, cool guys, smart guys, teachers and coaches, they all felt the love of, of this pint-sized, um, you know, 103-pound wrestler. Um, Daniel never decided, like, in the moment, like, hey, you don't deserve my love. Um, he just loved everybody. Um, you know, uh, he loved the people that didn't love him. I'm sure he loved the people that, you know, at times he didn't even like. Um, but he just chose uh, to be unconditional. And uh, to witness that in a, in a young man, uh, 14, 15 years old, uh, to me as a, as a young teacher was so inspiring. Uh, it was so gutsy. It was so courageous. Uh, but it also enabled him to... Um, have such an impact, not only when he was physically here, but also um, when he was taken too early because that, that spirit of his, um, that glow, that, that light and love continues to live on in thousands and thousands of people that were lucky enough to cross paths with him and, and really meet this angel on earth uh, when he was with us and, and recognize that Daniel's life was a gift. And, mm-hmm. um, he shared uh, just this ultimate message of being free, of being authentic, and um, and being loving, uh, regardless uh, of the situation. And uh, to me, um, you know that that has been um, at the framework of uh, what I've done since since I've met Daniel. Um, in addition to um, you know now officially being in his family and, and having been introduced to, to his cousin and marrying Leah, his cousin, and, and having two wonderful boys that that know very well um, who their angel in heaven is uh, in Daniel, and uh, you know we keep uh, Daniel's name in the conversation, and so uh, his life um, and the witness that he gave us is, is still a reminder to us on a daily basis. Um, of, uh, you know, what, it, what really matters, uh, mm-hmm. and maybe how to go about and approach this life to create, um, as much love, as much connection and as much peace as we can. 
Um, so he's, he was just, uh, just an incredible light that uh, I am incredibly grateful uh, and so blessed uh, that, that he and I were uh, connected and um, that he was a big part of my life. Right. And I think that's a life lesson for all of us, including myself and our listeners um, online, is really the life lesson of, you know, how to live. What is life really about? It goes back to showing and modeling unconditional love and living a full life with, like you said, love, light and really joy. So in closing, Billy, if you could give advice to somebody who has lost something or someone that they love, just kind of like what you have gone through, what would your advice be? You know, um, you mentioned the word lost, April, and I think it's a tough word. Um, I recently saw a eulogy online uh, by this, uh, this guy, Monty Williams. It's worthwhile looking up. He lost his wife in a car accident. And, uh, you know, depending on your faith and then where you stand with a higher power, um, you know, he mentioned, uh, you know, Daniel's not lost. Um, I know exactly where Daniel is, and my faith uh, has taught me that. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, my spirituality is kind of at the cornerstone uh, of a lot, if not all, of of what I do. And uh, I really think that's the the driving force uh, behind um, learning how to to mourn in a healthy way and learning, you know, that... um, one that that we're going to meet again, but also that I'm going to continue to carry uh, a little bit of Daniel's spirit um, wherever I go. I'm going to continue to look for a little bit of Daniel, a little bit of love in everybody that I meet. And, um, you know, his life um, continues to live on in in me and in my sons and my wife and all the people that were blessed enough to to cross his path, some more than others. Death is a very difficult thing, I think, to deal with, but it's it's also inevitable. And I believe it's it's through the realization of death that we realize ultimately how to live, um, how to put ourselves out there, how to be seen, how to be vulnerable, how to take risks, and uh, say, you know what, I think I think this life is worth giving love a shot, um, because in the end, ultimately, as we talked about earlier, that's all that's really going to matter to us is is how much did we love? How much did we both share and receive this love with the, the relationships in our lives? Wow, beautifully said, beautifully said. I hope you guys picked up on those life lessons of love that we've learned throughout our segment today with our guest, Billy Ward. Alrighty, everybody, I'm April Joy Ford here on Voice America with You Are Not Alone. I share my story and the show so that others can share their stories and have their glory so that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission and allow people to borrow my belief and faith and I give my love and light so that others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so that others can share theirs and let others know you are not alone. We'll see you guys next week. We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. Please tune in for another edition with host April Joy Ford next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.